If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion fits? Haunted Phosphorescence! Everyone, this is your host, Thoreau Smiley. Would you like a roll and say, hey, it is fun. Who's with me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and for safety's sake, don't humiliate me. I'm bra- I'm just a brain in a jar labeled Brian Lesh. <laughs> and I'm Alaric Weber, a cultured, sophisticated man about town. <laughs> and this, this is Haunted Phosphorescence. It is your weekly spooky podcast. Uh, we'll be coming, we'll be uh, returning to our normal broadcasting come November. But for October, instead of superhero movies, we are watching, doing a deep dive and breaking down the production and history of spooky movies. And uh, this show is brought to you by producers, executive producers, Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. Isn't it Atticus Buket? <laughs> Buket, yes. And Michael. That's for you, That's for you attaboy. Uh, yeah. Um, you can be a patron, too. Just head over to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. Uh, we got... Um, Star Wars shows, we've got uh, other holiday shows, and starting uh, this week, we are going to be having some Simpsons episodes, where we go into a Simpsons uh, a new Simpsons episode every week. Um, There's a few of those. (laughs) We could do, have no fear, there'll be stories for years. Um, But this week, on Haunted Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Young Frankenstein. It's coming from the deep, dark recesses of the mind of Mel Brooks. I love him. Young Frankenstein. Guy means business. Ah! Young Frankenstein. <laughs> oh dear, nothing left. What shall we throw in now? Starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. But what about your grandfather's work, sir? My grandfather's work was doo-doo! Peter Boyle as the monster. Wow! as Igor. My grandfather used to work for your grandfather. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Loris Leachman as Frau Blutner. <laughs> you played that music in the middle of the night. Yes! To get us into the laboratory. Yes! And it was you who left my grandfather's book out for me to find. Yes! So that I would... Yes! Then you and Victor were... Say it. He was my boyfriend! <laughs> As Inga. Would you like to have a roll in the hay? Roll, roll, roll in the hay. Kenneth Mars <laughs> as the inspector. <laughs> and Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. Where am I? 
Calm down. What do you want to do to me? I'm not afraid of you. Listen, I, I have to be back by 11.30. I'm expecting a very important call. Kill the monster! Storm the castle! Young Frankenstein. Yes, I think we could all use a good laugh. But don't see it alone. Don't miss Young Frankenstein. Personally directed by Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks. In black and white. No offense. No offense. <laughs> well, they fought him so hard. And he, that's how dumb executives are. They they fought him. They didn't want it in black and white. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how do you make a Frankenstein movie nine? Boy, come yeah. on. I mean, shit. Yeah. So good for him sticking to his guns. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he is Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he is. Um, I th- I think they tried to trick him too. Like, we'll we'll film yeah. it on color stock and uh, we'll, oh we'll right, turn it black and white <laughs> or something yeah, I, like that. I was or, reading, or shoot with both something. I was like reading that. about this because they in Peru. They just released film in color, so we want to be able to release it in Peru in color. Oh, my God. And he told them, no, fuck you. You're going to try and trick me. <laughs> yep. Did this for Peru. And, and said he wanted on thick film, black and white, like the classic black right. and white yeah. film. Yeah. So because it, it does. Like there's so many films that are like supposed to be like older movies that you can tell they just like do a filter and like desaturate it. But this 100% just looks like a film from the 30s. And it's gorgeous. So gorgeous, which might as well say it now. He always gets uh, credit for obviously being a comic and comedic man, but he doesn't really get enough credit for being the genre director that he is. Yeah. Like it's almost Tarantino level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he takes a genre, silent movie, history of the world, you know, and it's just, it's seamlessly created. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. I never even thought to make that comparison, but it is similar to Tarantino. And Tarantino may have been inspired by Mel Brooks' approach uh, yeah. to like, I'm just going to make another movie in a totally different style. Yeah. 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 That very much. Yeah. I never would have thought of that, but you're spot yeah. on. Definitely. It's Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That's mm, where uh, it was. Uh, yeah. I think that was. I don't know. It was classic uh, uh, parody of, of that time. It, it was like a perfect you're right. Genre movie. It really yeah. was. And, and, like it was, it. and musicals. Well, right? I, he yeah. had songs oh, yeah. and stuff, but there were songs. Yeah. And the well, way they looked. Spaceballs. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and that yeah. was pretty wacky. You know, he strayed from strict genre. But yeah, he, he nails. He just nails it. Yeah, he does. This looks like it was also made by James Whale. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who, who directed the first two Frankenstein. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, this movie was released December 15th, 1974. It was a Christmas movie. Uh, it has a running time of 105 minutes. It cost $2.78 million. And it took in $86 million at the box office. It was a huge, huge hit. Um, uh, it changed pop culture. Yeah. The, the Walk This Way joke uh, is what inspired the Aerosmith song. Yeah. Um, Taffeta Darling. It was was the name of one of like seriously one of Andy Warhol's one of the factory either crossdressers or or women, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) Just the way Gene Wilder says taffeta, darling. (laughs) He has no idea what she's talking about, but just agreeing with her. 
Uh, um, so uh, this movie was a big hit, and I think it's time we discuss that in the box office top ten game. What? So this is the game where normally we would look at the week that uh, the film was released and uh, count down the top ten movies of the week. But uh, 1974, we don't have weekly numbers for, so we're going to be looking at the top ten movies of the entire year of 1974 and counting them down. I will I will describe the films using only the... Uh, what it, well, normally it would be the box office mojo descriptions. This week it's going to be the IMDb descriptions. They're the same descriptions. Box office yeah. mojo is owned by IMDb. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so are you guys ready to play the box office top 10 game? And how? I'm easy. All right, here we go. Uh, coming. Oh, and by the way, Young Frankenstein is in the box office top 10. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at eighty-six million and seventy-four, of course it would be um, coming in at number ten. Um, let's see. In December nineteen thirty-five, when his transcontinental luxury train <laughs> is stranded in deep snow, a detective is called upon to solve a murder. The Murder on the Orient Express? It is. The one and only Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, but the one with Albert Finney. Albert Finney as Poirot, yeah. Not Johnny Depp? Okay. <laughs> Not Johnny Depp, <laughs> no. He did play him. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did. Johnny Depp loves to play characters, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More than plumbing, I would venture. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Seeing as he is a professional actor, I'd imagine he would do that. So I fucking hate this. Wish I could clean toilets. Uh, coming in at number nine, a sadistic warden asks a former pro quarterback serving time in his prison to put together a team of inmates to take oh, on yeah. the guards. We've the actually yard. Yep, yep. We talked about the Adam Sandler one a number of times. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Burt Reynolds. This is a much better movie than the Adam Sandler young, Longest Yard um, by a long shot. Um, by a long, a long yard. yard, yeah. <laughs> uh, coming in at number uh, eight. After fleeing into the mountains, after he's wrongly accused of murder, a woodsman discovers an uncanny bond to the indigenous wildlife of the region. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Don't Little. Um, it, uh, it, let's see, it became a television show. Grizzly Adams? The, yes, but the actual title is The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. <laughs> the Life and Times. He started in vaudeville. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that he was wrongly accused of murder. Yes. I didn't realize that was it. Yeah. And Gentle Ben. Yeah, yeah, Ben. I had an original Grizzly Adams uh, wastebasket until just about like a year ago. He was. It was actually the one-armed bear that killed. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted provasic for yourself. (laughs) It's like I didn't kill my wife, (laughs) but I did kill the deputy. Yeah, because the bear is playing the Tommy Lee Jones part. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, okay. Bears get all the sweetest. Coming in at number uh, seven, 
747 in flight collides with a small plane and is rendered pilotless. Like, that's the worst thing. All right. After colliding. All right. Somehow, the control tower must get a pilot aboard so the jet can land. I think this is just called airport, right? No. Okay. That's what airplane was based on. Yes. um, this This is the sequel. Airport 75. The original airport came out two years earlier. It wasn't a sequel. You were just rerouted to that movie yeah. without any heads up. Um, that was oh, the disaster movies. The 70s disaster yeah. movie trend. Poseidon. They, yeah. yeah. That's, Earthquake. Inferno. Um, I remember as a kid them showing airport. Um, I can't remember which one. It was one of them on TV. And the, the, the ad for it made it look like it was an airplane-style movie. And as, like, an eight-year-old, I thought it was. And I was like, oh, I want to watch that. And, like, yeah. ten minutes in, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> They're taking this seriously? Yeah. Surely. Uh, coming in at number six. Yeah, number six. Um, <laughs> okay. The early life and career of a gangster in 1920s New York City is portrayed while his son expands and tightens his grip on the family crime syndicate. Godfather 2. Part 2. Yes. The best one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which... Yeah, that's not my opinion. It's universally. Yeah. I, it's funny the, the, the franchises where the second one's the best. We got Godfather, Star Wars, um, uh, Spider-Man, the Raimi trilogy. Um yeah. God, what others? I like Ultron. I know that's up for debate, but I really like Ultron. I don't feel like it's the best of the Avengers movies. I like it. Oh, I think it's well, underrated, no, no, no. but I don't consider it the best. Uh, um. Oh. Uh. Uh. I don't, it's uh, questionable. Aliens. Uh, Star oh, Trek. Oh, yeah. Oh, Star Trek. Star Trek. Wrath of Khan. Of, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, aliens. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a funny thing. So, all right, coming in at number. F- <laughs> oh, don't forget any which way but loose. <laughs> yeah, every <laughs> which totally way you can is clearly expanded the universe. Well, and I, I, I would hazard to say Airbuds Two is universally considered <laughs> the best Airbuds. <laughs> Once we got to know him, um, coming in at <laughs> number five, um. Various interconnected people struggle to survive when an earthquake of unimaginable magnitude hits Los Angeles. Earthquake? <laughs> yes, that's it's <laughs> just earthquake. Yep. Uh, 1974's box office is crazy. Um, wow. Okay. Um, and coming in at number four. An American grandson of an infamous scientist struggles to prove that his grandfather was not as insane as people believe. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is number four. It did better than The Godfather Part Two. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy how big this movie was. Um, Yeah. Number three. (laughs) Okay. What's crazy? Okay. Number three is (laughs) Okay. I'll. Yeah. Um, after being sentenced to four years in prison for the involuntary manslaughter. <laughs> of, Who volunteers for manslaughter? Right. Invo- 
<laughs> voluntary manslaughter. <laughs> I was drafted into manslaughter. <laughs> um, in, uh, yeah. So of uh, the first film of this uh, series, a freedom school expands and flourishes under his guidance. Billy Jack? Part two? Yes, which is called The Trial of Billy Jack. Okay. Billy? I loved the Billy Jack movies. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, those are crazy. Those are crazy <laughs> movies. Yeah, they are. I don't think I've heard of them. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, that's uh, like that. Uh, that that kind of like Chuck. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Josh. Kind of like uh, Chuck Norris. But with more of a social moral compass kind yeah. of thing. A white guy kicking everybody's ass in the name of good. In well, in the name of Native Americans. It was that weird thing where like yeah. they like they thought in the seventies, like giving um giving indigenous peoples a, a white savior was being progressive. Right. Um, and didn't what's his name happen around this time? Um no not Ruby Ridge. Oh, the um the the, the standoff. Uh, wounded wounded knee? Yes. All right. Yeah, that was that was rough. 70s. <laughs> the 70s were the 70s. Uh, number two in <laughs> a box office top 10 game. At the opening party of a colossal but poorly constructed office building, a massive fire breaks out. Towering Inferno. The Towering Inferno wow. was the number All two. All the disaster movies were that... Year. Yeah, 74. Everything but Poseidon Adventure, basically. Um, yeah. Um, and the number one movie of the year. In order to ruin a town, a corrupt politician appoints a new sheriff who promptly becomes his most formidable adversary. Wow. They came out the same year? And it was? Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles was the number one movie of the year. And Young Frankenstein wow. was the fourth biggest movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That was... This was 74? 74 was quite a year for Mel Brooks. This uh, Blazing Saddles came out in January, and Young Frankenstein came out in December. Holy fuck. You're not even over the high of Blazing Saddles, because that movie... Yeah. It was the biggest movie of the year, which, everyone's which, which puts the whole, like, um, Mel Brooks saying, Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks... In context, it was the biggest movie of the year in the year he was doing that, making that trailer. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you can take that to the money bank. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> um, so, all right. That brings us to, uh, that is the end of the box office top 10 game. It brings us to uh, the comic book history, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Frankenstein's been in many a comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes, uh, this is created by uh, Mary Shelley. Uh, <laughs> no, say her full name. I can't remember. <laughs> Woolen Stonecraft. <laughs> Woolen Stonecraft. Uh, for Marvel Comics. <laughs> <laughs> in 1843. Her friend Lord Byron got her in the door. Yeah. Stanley. Uh, oh, 1818. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, the full name of the original Frankenstein book is not simply Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein semicolon or comma the modern Prometheus. Yep. 
There's so much punctuation in that title. Do you know that she, um, that that was a, a dare or a, like a contest that she and Lord Byron and um, Shelley, the poet, like who could write the best horror story? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and uh, what was it? Lord Byron wrote, what was it he wrote? Um, I don't know. It was something real. It was about a specter, but something flowery. It's it, this is it was considered the first gothic novel. Yes, and in fact, the butler of Lord Byron, who was at the party this weekend that they butler. held, it was basically a party. He submitted an idea about a vampire, and somebody relayed that to their friend Bram Stoker, and so forth. Mm. It was a good weekend up at Lord Byron's house. <laughs> yeah. It was like a Charlie Sheen weekend. A lot of a lot of stuff happened. A lot of a black lot. Ma- a lot of black mascara. <laughs> they were yeah. listening to the Cure. Yeah, totally. Um, Bauhaus. Anyways, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Young Frankenstein, uh, written and directed by Mel Brooks. Um, also with screenplay uh, credit given to Gene Wilder. Um, so Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder wrote it together, directed by Mel Brooks. Um, Mel Brooks, of course, is, you know, Mel Brooks. He got to start on show of shows, um, with, a he was Sid, Sid Caesar, Sid Caesar show of shows. He was a writer along with Woody Allen and Neil Simon on that. Um, yep. uh, let's see. Uh, he was, that's where he created the 2000 year old man sketch. Uh, yeah. So Carl Reiner was in the room. Carl so Reiner. Was- yes. Larry Gelhart, who went on to create the MASH TV show yes. and write most of that. Yes, yes. Um, and then he and Buck Henry um, uh, wrote and uh, ran Get Smart for five years, yeah. 65 to 70. Um, mm-hmm. After that, he, uh, let's see, well, during that period, he uh, made The Producers. That was 67. Um, the 12 Chairs, which is one I've never seen. It's interesting. It's a it's like a Fellini take. Okay. Uh, like the the Euro New Wave kind of. Hmm. Um and then his next film after the 12 chairs was Blazing Saddles, which as we've seen was a big hit. Um, co-written with Richard Pryor. Yes. And this co-written with Gene Wilder. Yeah, and of course Richard Pryor was supposed to play the um Black Bart. Black Bart, but uh was was unable to. Um what and everyone, including himself, believes Cleavon Little killed it. That no, that he oh could, yeah, Richard said he could not have done a good as job as he did. Yeah, Cleavon Little was amazing in that. But um, yeah. Then afterwards, of course, you know, went on to have a quite a run: silent movie, High Anxiety, History of the World, Spaceballs, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. We mentioned those already. Um, Brooks is an egot. He yeah. Brooks has yep. his egot. Um, he's one of the few. Um. God. I mean, he's got the Kennedy Center honors. He's gotten the, the Medal of Freedom. Like, <laughs> they've thrown every award you can throw, and deservedly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, uh, Gene Wilder, with uh, writing credit, of course, and starring as uh, Frederick von Frankenstein, um, <laughs> was, uh, let's see. Um, I, just, I just realized that EGOT is short for egotistical. <laughs> Yada boom. I like that. Yeah. Um <laughs> let's see, Gene Wilder's from Milwaukee. Um, which I didn't know. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh let's see. He uh 
Um, he got his start. He studied theater in England. Um, mm. He was he was he was started off as a dramatic actor. He was part of the Stanislavski system, which, of course, uh, famously was uh, studied by um, by uh, Marlon Brando. And that yeah, it's part school. of the method. Yeah, yeah Lee, Lee Strasberg and Stella yeah. Adler. Exactly. So all the way up to like De Niro. And those it's people. it's method acting, right? It's like yeah. you yeah, have to like embody the character that you're playing at all yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. don't you don't leave the character. You are the character while yeah. you're right. on set. You, you, you cannot do a good performance if any element of yourself is up there. Yeah, exactly. Like, you didn't have mental health issues. Well, you do now. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. Richard Burton, Liz <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> like that movie was fun. Which is, yeah, <laughs> that's my takeaway from the Stanislavski method. Anytime I hear somebody talk about it, I'm like, oh, that's incredibly t- dangerous for a person to do. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. That like, yeah, Streetcar Named Desire is a messed up movie for a number yeah. of reasons outside of the text. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, of course he. Let's see. So um, Gene Wilder. He did a lot of stage. He did a lot of TV work. Um, he was a. Uh, uh, one of his most famous ones in the TV work was he did the uh, CBS's presentation to death of a salesman. Um, his big breakout role on film was um, in Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, oh yeah. And then his big uh, breakout uh, starring role was in the producers, which of course was Mel Brooks. Um, and he's brilliant in that. Yeah. You know, it's stupid. You know, oh, yeah. Without saying, but Absolutely. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And of course, you know, later on he would, of course, go to be in Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Um, he was uh, played Willy Wonka in the uh-huh. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, which was amazing. Um, Lady in Red. He was in a bunch of the films with Richard Pryor, um, which I think that those, I think that's his only rival comic and comic timing wise yeah it's great that they got together from that era definitely um stir crazy was great filmed here in tucson yes yeah um that was great there was a there was a period of time when i thought um seeing something like stir crazy redone with uh donald glover and uh um uh chris uh what's his face from uh guardians would have been great but i'm kind of off Mm. him anyways um yeah He's lost his sense of humor. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, um, he of course married Gilda Radner, and that was all very mm. sad. Um, Did anyone has anyone seen a movie called The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother? Yes, yes. I remember that. I, from, I remember that. I watched it as a child. I have not seen it since. I have had so much trouble trying to find that movie. Um, but it was so Gene Wilder as, uh, the brother of Sherlock Holmes, Sigerson Holmes, <laughs> uh, Madeline Kahn, um, Marty Feldman. Wow. As Orville Sacker, uh, yeah. Dom DeLuise. <laughs> um, those are the big notables. Um, I remember it being hilarious, but, uh, I can't prove it cause I can't find it. Uh, yeah. Um, so there's an intensity to Gene Wilder. There's this like really low-key undercurrent of terror. Yeah. Like he can make you feel scared and uncomfortable. He's, he's a and little he's such men- a gentle 
guy. He's a little menacing. There's like something in his eyes where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, like a sweet, gentle guy, but also a little bit menacing. Um, yeah, I mean, Willy Wonka, absolutely for sure. But yeah, even yeah. in this, he seems dangerous at times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, as the uh, creature, we've got Peter Boyle. <laughs> he was, does, he's great. Uh, let's see. He was in Taxi Driver, of course. Uh, probably like younger people will know him best as uh, from Everyone Loves Raymond. Everybody. And we do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I he, mean, he's he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, he turned down the lead role in for the French Connection. Peter Which Boyle. Gene Hackman t- picked up. Yeah. Like that's that's insane. Um, let's see. Uh, he was in uh, The Candidate, the 72 movie with Robert Redford. Um, oh, uh, uh, where the Buffalo Roam. Yeah. Gonzo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was great. Oh my God, got uh, Yellowbeard. Oh my God, Yellowbeard. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. Yes. Oh, Outland, the Sean Connery movie. Oh my. <laughs> Is oh. that the red the red monokini one? No, no, no. Yeah. That's Zardoz. <laughs> oh. No, no. That's, Zardoz. Oh, that's right. Zardoz. <laughs> <laughs> Which um woo boy. Uh yeah, he was oh, the dream team with Michael Keaton. Um yeah. Um, while you were sleeping, he was in, oh, he was in the Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, and he played old man Wickles in Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, uh, Marty Feldman as Igor or possibly Igor. Um, <laughs> uh, he got his start, um, it, in, he's English, of course. Um, oh, he passed away in 1982. I forgot about that, that he passed yeah. so early. Just like Sellers, he was gone too quickly. Yeah, so much so. He got his start on Bootsy and Snudge on the BBC <laughs> radio. <laughs> the That's Brits. the most, most British thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And that was a news program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. He was in... Um, yeah, at last, the 1948 show, which is another very British. <laughs> yeah, at last. We've been waiting years for this year. Uh, um, he he had his own show uh, on the BBC, the Marty Feldman Comedy Machine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard machine to maintain, like the Miami Sound Machine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he did a lot of radio and TV work in the... Uh, uh, in Britain in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, then uh, the at last, the 1948 show, he was on there with Graham Chapman and John Cleese. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he did have a connection to them. And then, of course, um, this is his first time working with Mel Brooks. He would go on to be in the silent, in silent movie, Oh, oh my gosh. You remember the last remake of Beau Geste? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, I remember watching that a few times. Um, it's been years. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he was gone too, too short. I remember him being on The Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see. Uh, yeah, that's like that's he didn't have a He's whole in lot. Yellowbeard as well, right? Uh, is he? I think so, yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. Let me see. Anyway. 
But yeah. I think uh, that was the movie that killed him. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he died during the making of Yellowbeard. Yeah. Um, he had a uh, heart attack. So, yeah, way too early. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like an especially unhealthy guy either, the heart attack at that young age. Um, uh, Cloris Leachman as Frau Blucher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you. so the thing I learned today for the first time, does anybody know why the horses do that? No, why? Blucher is glue in German. Oh my God. I had so no idea. The horses speak German <laughs> and they think that's what she's threatening them with. <laughs> that's hilarious. And it always was hilarious. Oh that's what's God. brilliant. Um, cl- Wow. Yeah. Cloris Leachman. Uh, yeah, it was it was hilarious before I knew that. So, yeah. 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 Cloris Leachman. She passed away January 27th of this year. She was yeah. with us until Legend. 2021. Um, Jude yeah. knows her best as the grandma from Raising Hope. And so funny on that, actually. Yeah, she was great on that. Um, she's great in everything she's ever done. Um, she was a she is she was a national treasure. Um, she was uh, one of her big breaks. She was in the last picture show, um, which was like one of the few serious roles I've ever seen her in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she was she did a number of things with Bell Brooks. She was in History of the World Part One also. Um, high anxiety, right? High anxiety. Yeah. Crazy nurse. Um, oh, she was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um mm. Uh, she was oh yeah she played uh, the grandma on Malcolm in the Middle too right oh yeah yeah um, but yeah she got beer her fest, right what's that beer fest oh yeah 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 um, yeah definitely uh, she uh, got her start uh, doing stage work um, but uh yeah, and let's see. Yeah, she was in Crucible on Broadway. A lot of stage work, and then, yeah, just started doing uh, some some uh, TV stuff. She was on Rawhide. She, she, you know, she, she was, she was on the Mary Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore That's show, right. right? Yeah, yeah, Mary Tyler Moore yeah. show. She was good on yeah. that. Um, Terry Gar as Inga. Oh, sweet Terry Gar. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. she. I feel like she didn't get enough work post 70s um mm-hmm. but yeah she was uh she herself um she was in a, a star trek episode that was kind of her big break as an actress assi- the assignment earth one um she got her uh let's see she was in the conversation mm-hmm. close encounters of the third kind she played <laughs> the the wife who has to put up with richard dreyfus <laughs> yeah uh, that's a lot yeah mr mom um, oh, remember After Hours, the Scorsese yes. 85 movie, one of his lesser known films. Um, she was in uh, The Player. Uh, oh, she was in Ghost World. I forgot about that. And she played. Yeah, she was. She was Phoebe's mom in a few episodes of Friends. Um, she was smoking <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> oh, Garland. my gosh. Yeah. Um, uh, comics Connection. She did. Uh, some voice work as Mary McGinnis in Batman Beyond. Um, I think that was uh, the lead character's mother. Ah, hmm. uh, yeah. But uh, she, she did a bunch of voice work: uh, King of the Hill, Scooby Doo, something, something. 
Hmm. Um, <laughs> Kenneth Mars as uh, Inspector. <laughs> uh, as Inspector, uh, what was his name? Inspector, not Clue. Oh, yeah. Kemp. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Inspector Kemp. Um, he uh, got his start. He was in The Producers as well. Um, he was in some Bogdanovich's movies. He was in What's Up Doc. Did some Woody Allen stuff, Radio Days, Shadows and Fog. He's a character actor for the most part. Um, <coughs> and Madeline Kahn. Of course. The, yes. The great Madeline Kahn. She passed away in 1999. Wow. She was pretty young, too. Um, yeah. She was also in What's Up Doc. She was in, did a bunch of Mel Brooks stuff. She was in High Anxiety. Of course, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Um, <laughs> would you like another Braunschweiger? Um, <laughs> no, 16's my limit on the Schnitz and Gruben. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and of course, oh God, Clue, one of my favorite roles of hers. So Flames good. on the side of my face. <laughs> um, uh, she was always fantastic when she was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, she was. She back was in the great. day. Um, she, oh, she was in Nixon. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. John Mitchell's wife. Yeah. Do you know in real life, um, like during the hearings, they locked her in a hotel room so she couldn't get out and testify about Watergate? And oh, everything? my God. Because Mitchell was his lawyer, so she knew everything. Jeez. Um, <laughs> she was a. Um, and did, did we mention Yellowbeard? Also, Yellowbeard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, she got her start on Broadway. She was a chorus girl originally hmm. in the early 60s. Wow. Um, yeah. So, um, that rounds out our cast, our production there. Um, let's see. Um, so this movie, um, apparently Gene Wilder came up with the idea, um, on the set of Blazing Saddles. And apparently, so, uh, Mel Brooks says that he and, uh, Gene Wilder locked themselves into a room of the Beverly Hills Hotel with a pot of Earl Grey. And wrote the movie over the course of a long weekend. A single wow. pot of Earl Grey. I imagine they kept getting more pots of Earl Grey. <laughs> it's stage full for eight days and <laughs> Yes. Uh, um, it is, of course, a parody of the classic horror films from uh, the classic Frankenstein films, specifically of the 1930s. Um, they, uh, in fact, they even reference the fact there were five of them made. Um, and they ref- <laughs> and if you look at the villagers talking in reference to those movies, it makes a lot more sense. They're like, listen, there's been five Frankensteins that have come here and fucked <laughs> yeah. up this village. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the gear that they use in uh, the laboratory is from the original Frankenstein movies. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's another franchise that I think the, the sequel was best, Bride of Frankenstein. That's where a mm. lot of the well-known Frankenstein tropes are from. Yeah. And they nod to that, obviously. Yeah, they um, there was There was a special thanks in the credits, too. It was uh, Kenneth Strickfadden for the original Frankenstein lab equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I read that um, he didn't get paid for the Frankenstein movies. Yeah, oh, he was wow. uncredited in, in each one. Oh, movie. uncredited. Maybe, yeah. Okay, he's paid, but uncredited. Um, and... Um, yeah, uh, so they Melbrooks rented that equipment from him. Mm. Good for him. Uh, so this movie actually predates Siskel and Ebert. So there is no Siskel and Ebert for it. Um, 
But uh, Roger Ebert gave it four stars out of four. Gene Siskel gave it three stars out of four. The uh, hardest man to please ever. Oh, God. Gene Siskel. That motherfucker. Um, it has 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's about it for the production reviews. Guys, are you ready? We're going to have to hunt down that 6%. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time for a riot. Did did Roger say, uh, or not Roger, but uh, Gene say what he didn't like about it? Um, I, I'm sure he did. I didn't actually read his review. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> but I'm just curious. Um, I, oh, no, no. I did see he said it wasn't as funny as Blazing Saddles. Okay. Yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. Holy shit, man. So you're, sa- yeah. You're, so you're saying that like, you know, Beethoven's like 10th symphony isn't as good as his ninth. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Right, Apple. Like, I orange. prefer the book of Mark over the book of Luke. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you guys ready to jump into the movie itself? It might be dangerous. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> Let me move my hump really quick. <laughs> Walk this way. Um, I'm a very large mute. <laughs> Here we go. This is Young Frankenstein. We open with a title sequence over a card of the Frankenstein castle. There's a light on (laughs) over the Frankenstein's castle. (laughs) Um, There's a coffin with Baron von Frankenstein in it. It's opened and a man takes a box from the corpse's hands. That body has been decomposing for a while. That's right. okay. The yeah, that, that was one he of is my not freshly dead. That was one he of is. my unanswered questions. How long has that coffin been sitting in the castle? Yeah, and it's his will, so why not take it out when he dies? Why not put it? And why not not put it in there? It's the will. Why is it in the coffin? It turns out that that <laughs> that was a uh, great grandfather Beaufort Franken- oh. von Frankenstein. Oh, but um, which uh, the guy mentions when he meets Doctor Frankenstein. Okay, excellent. So, um, yeah, uh, we cut to a college lecture. Doctor Frederick Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Is it nineteen seventy four for them? It does. You know, I know Transylvania's you know Eastern Bloc, so it's still a little off the times. I don't but think so. I, 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 don't I know. think the 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 train and the lab uh, in New York, or his mm-hmm. his lesson, where he's his what do you call that a studio where you're teaching in like a theatrical yeah. oh, a, kind a of theater thing. actually yeah yeah. Um, yeah it looks like it's 40s maybe 30s or okay 40s. well then yeah, in the 30s. front yeah. in the front row of that class is an Asian guy with like 70s long hair and a (laughs) 70s mustache. He looks like Ben Torres from Rolling Stone. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, an African-American male with an afro. (laughs) Yes. Those guys were not allowed in class. No, not in the 30s. There was an African-American female with a head wrap. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Very 70s extras there. Pretty inclusive classroom. Yeah, for yeah. the 30s, Ooh. that's very progressive. Still a lot of white guys, but... Well, sure. Well, it's it's Mel Brooks, you know. 
he he made great leaps in, in putting people into movies that I would I would just would like to otherwise sh- not men. Yeah, I would just like to shout out Mel Brooks for not doing anything to get himself canceled after sixty years, sixty yeah. seventy years in the business. Yeah, he's nineties. Yeah, go Mel Brooks. No, he was married to Am. Well, he's married once when he's younger, but then Ann Bancroft till she passed away. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, yeah, and now doesn't like he and um Rob Reiner they just like. Well, Carl, Carl died recently. Carl Reiner. They yeah. used to meet every Friday for dinner and um, watching a movie. Yeah. And what's great is they're just total old guys still. Even though they're in show business, they would pick up, one of them would pick up random DVDs at the big bins at Walmart. Like, they admitted they had never seen Dances with Wolves before. <laughs> like, That's hilarious. Yeah, wasn't that, so was that in uh, Mel's birthday special? It was in actually comedians in cars. Uh, oh, that's right, comedians in cars and coffee. They go to Carl's house, right? Because right? they're having lunch, and he tells them that he still meets with Carl every week, and they Aww. have dinner, watch a movie. And Jerry's like, "Are you kidding me?" And he's like, "You want to come? Just come." And then, yeah, oh, yeah, that was incredible. TV trays. Uh, it's a little fucking kitchenette takeout. That's awesome. So great. They were uh, best friends. So, um, so yeah. All right. Uh, Doctor. Frederick Frankenstein is talking about his grandfather's work. He thinks his grandfather was a kook and a fraud. He loudly denounces his work. Um, <laughs> accidentally stabbing himself with a scalpel. <laughs> yeah, um, he, the, he stabbed himself into like a pad. There was like a spot. He actually stabbed the scalpel into like a, you know, yeah. Yeah. prosthetic pad to stab. Such a great moment. Uh, the, the medical student. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, so I watched it on Amazon, and it said starring um, Marty Feldman, Danny Goldman, and then some other name. Uh, the other name was actually the the old guy that was <laughs> doing the demonstration. So it didn't oh. mention Gene Wilder or Madeline Kahn or <laughs> Peter funny. Boyle. Um, but uh, so the the medical student, the really obnoxious kid, uh, yeah. the actor is Danny Goldman. Um, he is best known as uh, from mash he was captain murhart um and even better known uh he was the voice of brainy smurf from 1981 to 1989 oh i was gonna say he did a voice acting that makes a lot of sense (laughs) and the the old man in the demo he's the undertaker from uh blazing saddles oh he's like you're on your own oh okay yeah okay I never put that together, but I can totally see it. But what I love is that, uh, why the insult? Like, I, I know the sudden jerking movement to his crotch, but just like, you <laughs> mother-grabbing <laughs> bastard. You filthy, rotten, yellow son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, and it's not involuntary. He can tell by your tirade something's coming. Right. Uh, so, all right, the lecture ends. Uh, the man that took the box from the corpse and the first scene approaches Frederick to tell him he has his grandfather's will. Uh, we cut to a train station. Frederick is on his way to Transylvania. He says goodbye to his fiance Elizabeth and boards the train. <laughs> Taffeta, darling. Not the hair. No, no tongues. Uh, no tongues is later. But oh, that's later. That's right. Not, yeah. not on the lips. Yeah. So did, is this like a, a, a toxic thing that he took the train from Transylvania? I think so. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. another well, question I had. You, yeah. It, I thought this was neat because you get the train, next stop, New York. Then you get the spin. Oh. 
mm-hmm. he's now on another train. The same conversation is happening in German behind oh, him. And the conversation's hilarious. And it's, it's about their yeah. son jerking off too much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the exact same conversation yes. in German, like yeah. word for word. Um, he's, he's, yeah. But but yeah, I assume that the twist was they didn't want to show him on a transatlantic flight. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I assumed also then you can assume the joke is that he did take the train the entire way. <laughs> I love that. People just started speaking German halfway across the Atlantic. Well, he had to switch. He had to change trains, and at some point, he was German. Atlantis. I love the porter uh, for the last time comes out, and he's like, "All aboard!" She, she goes, "There's that horrid man again." <laughs> uh, and and she can't even get out. Uh, I love you or anything. She's like, "Yeah, you've got it, Mister." Yeah. <laughs> and they elbows. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah they- yeah. You bet your boot. Yeah, the, the COVID handshake. Man. Yeah. Uh, bet your boots, I do. Yeah. So um, he arrives in Transylvania where he's met at the train station by his new servant, the hunchback Igor. Or Igor. Um, the the boy, the shoeshine boy. <laughs> that's a, that's a like a that's a reference to a song that was really popular Pennsylvania. in 1974. Yeah. Pen- yeah. Pennsylvania six, six five, five thousand. Yeah. 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 Which I I had no idea. I wasn't aware of it, but I saw that and I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot more sense." Which is why that movie Transylvania Six Five Thousand is named Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Yeah, the one with the yeah with Goldblum and Bagley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, they board a wagon, <laughs> meet his new laboratory assistant Inga, and make their way to the castle. Their castle, <laughs> their wolves. Yep, one of the best jokes. I thought I thought you wanted us to. I love I love Marty Feldman's like like your friend like Doctor Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein, actually. You're kidding me. Yeah, you put me on. Is it Frodrick? Like is it Frodrick? Yeah, Frodrick. Um, well, and I don't think his name is Igor. His no, name is not. Igor. Yeah, but he's just like you he's, could call me Igor, and that like, sticks the whole movie. He's like, no, it's Igor. Oh, the. I heard it was Igor. Well, you heard wrong then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, because he's just pulling the same shit. Yeah, he's just giving him shit about it, but it's flex right back at flex. Yeah. So um, they arrive at the castle. They're met by Frau Blucher. <laughs> uh, it's all about the timing. <laughs> you got to have that ready, Al, every second. <laughs> Got you slipping. Uh, uh, nice knockers. Yeah. What knockers? What oh, knockers? Man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, she shows them to their rooms. Uh, Frederick asks Frau Blucher. <laughs> <laughs> Al's <No>. death stare. <laughs> fuck, you, fuck you now. Frederick asks Frau Blucher. About his grandfather's private library. <laughs> um, oh God! Yeah. But she, so when they when they show up at the gates, like pretty nice knockers joke uh, or what knockers joke? Um, he introduces her as my assistant. Yeah. So I, I was reading this movie before it got edited down was twice the length. Oh, the wow. runtime was. Over three hours. Because this is what, hour 45? Yeah. The musical yeah. is about, what, two and a half, three hours long? Mm-hmm. There are so many things that just don't work in a comedy. 
Mm. like in a film that they cut Mm -hmm. out that probably made the musical. But I think that that whole sequence of them writing in was a lot longer because they get to know each other. um, Oh yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Intimately. But yeah, the way that he introduces her, I thought this was really interesting. I was like, Oh, huh. And then I read that the, the runtime got trimmed way down. Um, and this was probably one of those things that, you know, landed on the cutting room floor or whatever. Yeah. Huh. That makes sense. I don't know how many of those horse whinnies came through, but I looked up and I was muted. Uh, <laughs> none, yeah, we, we got no win <laughs> that's not fun technical difficulties we're gonna turn you into glue al <laughs> <laughs> and i saw a pale horse and upon him sat death blucher and, and her name was frau blucher <laughs> <laughs> All screaming right. horses so <laughs> That night, while having a bad dream, um, Frederick is awakened by Inga, who was roused by a violin playing a melancholy melody. They search for its source and find a hidden passage. This was one of my favorite. As a kid, this was one of my like favorite sequences. The whole put the candle back. Okay, listen to me very carefully. (laughs) Do not put the candle back. Yeah, <laughs> like Will Ferrell and Austin with Bob. all of your might, you shove. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, and then they go down. I think it's Marty Feldman, but touches the violin. He's like, "It's still warm." It's still warm. That's one of my favorite yeah. jokes in the whole movie, Cops man. <laughs> uh, yeah, they find the secret passage. They enter, make their way into the bowels of the castle. They find Igor along the way. They discover. Fred- I ain't got nobody. That was one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. The recently deceased. Yeah, he's got his head on the block. Yeah. yeah, but again, like how recently? Because he inherited this, and his grandfather's apparently been dead a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they enter his lab and his library. The music stopped. Um, they read his grandfather's journal about how he created his creature, and Frederick decides that he could follow in his grandfather's footsteps. <laughs> footsteps. Footsteps. Uh, the next morning at breakfast, he, Inga, and Igor discuss that they'll have to make the creature he creates very large. It's, it's <laughs> he, Igor. Igor. He would have an enormous von Schweiger. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> Woof. He'll be very popular. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cut to a very large criminal being hung, then buried. Frederick and Igor watch them dig him up and (laughs) take the casket, having to trick a constable along the way. You guys are always bitching about uh, coincidences in movies. It's highly coincidental that... They just happen to hang a seven-foot criminal. Well, yes. Yeah, matches everything they need. The yeah. night that they need it. It's a little more and, forgivable. Um, everyone has, has like a German accent or something, but yeah. the guy who's overseeing the grave diggers is clearly British. Uh, there's a few people that are just British for some reason, <laughs> yes. Well, Igor is just British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, also... Um, yeah, I mean, coincidences are a little more forgivable in comedies because, you know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's a lot in this movie that on closer inspection needs to be forgiven. You yeah. Know. But, yeah, that's not the point of the film. It's like, you know, right. in a drama, right. you want things to make sense. In Young Frankenstein, I don't care. 
Destiny. <laughs> like, Destiny. No escaping. No escaping that for me. Destiny. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> what reading is this? What is this dream he's having? Uh, so, all right. They get the body back to the... Uh, and I always love like, um, could be worse, could be raining. I still say that <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's uh, the name of the book? cold handshake, too. Yeah, the handshake. Yeah. What's the name of the book? What's the name of the book you said, Josh? Yeah, where his grandfather's book. How I did it. Yeah. Yeah. How I did it. Wait, how I did it. No, it's if I did it. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that OJ's book? (laughs) It's the same. It's slightly different. Maybe he was trying to avoid uh, you know, copyright issues. (laughs) So the wagon cart scene just oh my god. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> he slaps it together and rubs yeah. over. Yeah, <laughs> the two taps. I love that. Just the two taps are the same, but Marty knows the first time to shake hands, and then the next time he just knows to salute. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, they get back. They get the body back to the lab. Frederick sends Igor to get the brain of a genius. So that uh, what is the name of the brain? Hans Delbruck. That's a real person. Scientist and saint. Yeah, that's a real person, actually. I only found that out today. Um, He was a historian. Like a German German historian and scientist, I believe. Cool. Um, Um, There there was a third brain on the shelf. uh, Not to jump too far ahead. Uh, The name was Charles Opie. And it says missionary. Okay. Um, Charles Charles Opie was a graphic artist, and I think the um, who uh, like used to be a preacher or something like that. Um, but the guy who made this set um, used this guy's name as an inside joke. Um, he's okay. a friend of uh, a friend of the guy, the like uh-huh. the set designer or something like that. Um, I love the fact, yeah, so Igor drops the good brain and grabs another, which is na- labeled abnormal, and says, do not use this brain. <laughs> what were these brains to be used for? Used. Right? Uh, what, you know, it's a brain depository. You can use them for all kinds a of things. brain depository. <laughs> where the, where the um, writing on the door is in English conveniently. Yes. Uh, well, also, yeah, there is use. a brain, there's a human head size slot. To put brains through? What is the brain deposit? Who's depositing the brains? Who's doing it after 5 p.m.? You want to talk about convenience, Al? That is a convenient thing to have. (laughs) Go to the brain depository. (laughs) What are they being used? I love the fact that that's so hilarious. And it clearly is like, well, where's he getting the brain from? I don't know. The brain depository. (laughs) The Texas brain depository. Yeah, he doesn't go to a hospital or a morgue. Yeah. Yeah, they just cut right to the brain. They're like, ah, well, we just need brains in jars, man. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that night, Frederick performs his experiment in an attempt to bring life to the body, but it's seemingly a failure. Meanwhile, the townspeople are having a meeting. <laughs> yes, they are. That's a Mel Brooks staple. Oh, I know it's an old movie staple, but it's got to be in a Mel Brooks movie. I Absolutely. Love it. Uh, they decide to send Inspector Kemp to meet with Frederick. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you again. 
everything they're saying could have been written yesterday about like anti-vaxxers. Oh, they're talking God. about science and we don't need no science and we can, you know, it's they, just going to kill us. One of them said these scientists, they want to rule the world. Fauci just wants to be on the cover of time magazine. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so did Mel with Kemp, the the commandant did he did Mel Brooks invent RoboCop basically? <laughs> <laughs> All the bits with that arm are hilarious. It's oh so distracting God. in oh. such a classic Mel Brooks way, where you're just watching him playing <laughs> with his hand the whole time. Like what is and happening? It, and unnecessary. He uses his good hand to use his bad hand to knock on the door <laughs> instead of knocking. Well, and the arm bits just keep escalating throughout yeah. the movie. I it's mean, the darts and the. Oh, no. By the time we get to the dart, I love how petty he is when the darts. <laughs> he's cheating at yes. darts. <laughs> just the battering ram. They use him and his arm as a battering ram. And the, the, the cherry on top is that his monocle goes on the eye patch. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so back at the castle, Frederick is pouting about his experiment's failure when they hear a noise from the lab. <laughs> I thought you made a yummy sound. I didn't make a yummy sound. <laughs> what is that? You what it was? Black Forest cherry cake or something? So, I think. Yeah, yeah. German name. Um, they head down there to find the creature alive. Frederick frees it from its bonds, and it immediately attacks him. And they do charades. The whole charades bit. That is beautiful. It doesn't uh, immediately attack. Right. Um, it uh, responds to commands until Igor decides to light a cigarette. Yes, because yes. it's afraid of out fire. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time we've seen him like smoking. Igor. Right. Yeah, it's the yeah. only time we see him smoking. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh, now's a good time. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. I. I, um. I will always, <laughs> always love Gene Wilder's reading of Sedative. Yeah, <laughs> and then the callback is brilliant too. Yes. When it's Marty yeah. <laughs> and the doctor, um, the little the little chat with with Igor. No, like, no, no. Sit down. Oh, God, oh yeah. no, 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 up here, up, up here. here. <laughs> I won't be angry. Yes, and what brain did you get, Abby? Yeah, someone, Abby, normal. <laughs> And then loses it. Yeah. Um, at that moment, there's a knock at the door. Uh, Inspector Kemp's arrived. He questions Frederick about his intentions concerning his grandfather's work. Frederick assures him he's not going to continue his work, and Kemp takes his word for it and leaves. The The darts scene is classic, uh, as we mentioned, cheating at the darts um, from the inspector, but then also the inspector, like, saying words so pointedly whenever he was about to throw. <laughs> and there's... Um, uh, the the one where he like throws throws it backwards and you hear the shrieking cat. Yes, yeah, that's Mel Brooks. That's Mel yeah. Brooks. Um, Gene Wilder actually, well, there was a stipulation that Mel couldn't appear in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. so he there were like three voice things that Mel Brooks did. And he the was cat was he was also a townsperson in the mob, though. Okay, he played an extra, but like, he couldn't he couldn't have a featured role. Anyway, yeah, um, uh, but yeah, the, there were he only threw two darts out the window, but there were six darts in the wheels of the, the car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's funny how he kept it. Has everybody seen basketball? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one of the one of the rules you could try to psych somebody out, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Just like Steve Perry. <laughs> and again with Gene Wilder's reading, nice grouping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot in the very first scene, if you would, sir, hop off the table. And then he's like, nice hopping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice hopping. <laughs> uh so um in the lab, Frau Blucher frees the creature, revealing that she was the one who led Fred. <laughs> Thank you, Al. <laughs> revealing that she was the one who led Frederick to the lab with the violin playing. <laughs> yes, he was my boyfriend. <laughs> First, she's like, "Say it, say it." <laughs> he was. So uh, Andrew told me today. I don't remember this um, because I was drinking in the theater. But when we went to see Spanglish. Um, and Cloris Leachman came on screen for the first time. Apparently, I yelled that in the theater quite loudly. <laughs> he was my boyfriend. He was my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, I mean, Spanglish is a movie that I feel anyone could yell anything out at, and I'd be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't really mind it. Um, so, um, yeah, the creature flees the lab into the night. He meets a little girl who he plays with harmlessly. <laughs> um, that whole bit, that was one of my, another one of my unanswered questions. How did the townspeople know there was a monster on the loose? Because uh, yeah. maybe, maybe there was something in one of the cut scenes. Yeah. <laughs> They're naturally suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just assume as soon as you showed up in town. Yeah. yeah. They, they do this every weekend. <laughs> Uh, but that, it's a great take on the actual scene from Frankenstein where it he is. encounters the little girl yeah. and drowns her. Yeah. And <laughs> instead he just plays with her and she ends up back in her bed. Um then he happens <laughs> the upon catapult a, is yeah. hilarious. Oh my it's god. So dumb. Yeah. Then he happens upon a blind hermit and we get our Gene Hackman cameo. I, I'm sorry, real quick, back at that scene. The parents have boarded up the house from the inside. <laughs> Not knowing where their daughter is. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's like when Michael Scott had to put those things back in the box and actually put his phone in it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he has a meal with the blind hermit. So I have a cigar. question. I know why he would have the one candle to light his cigars and light other things, but why does a blind guy have so many candles lit? That's in a his good house? question. <laughs> yes. Why is it so well lit? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never thought about it before, but I was like, yeah. Oh. Um, I saw a tidbit that uh, Gene Hackman wanted to try comedy, mm. um, and Gene Wilder was like his tennis buddy. Mm. So he asked if he could be in this movie do this scene um and i think he did it for free wow yeah he was uncredited originally oh yeah also he was originally uncredited and um he improved the espresso line oh my god really yeah he he was that. making a movie with terry gar i guess at the same time too oh, wow. that was something that i had read they were they were filming together yeah tom shook used to do the espresso line all the time <laughs> he um yeah, I mean, he absolutely killed it in the scene. Absolutely mm-hmm. killed yeah. it. Yeah, but then another thing, just like <laughs> espresso, that it's you got to get it really hot. It's got to steam. You got to pour it into different things. It's just great to picture <laughs> that he was making a blind even for a stovetop and not a, a machine, obviously. But yeah, 
That's funny. Uh, so um, the creature's then lured into a trap by Frederick playing the violin. He's recaptured back at the castle. Frederick tames the creature through kindness. <gasps> Let me out of here. Let <laughs> Hello, me out of handsome. Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that boyish face. <laughs> Just Look Peter Boyle's reaction's like, me? <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice boy. Again, Gene <laughs> Wilder's panic, man. Oh, yeah. my God. So this- good. This is somehow more panicked than he is in the producers. Yes. Yeah. Good Let me point. out of here. Let me out of here. Let me out of here, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Open this door. Or I'll kick your rotten heads in. <laughs> uh, um, so he books a theater. Uh, and they're going to do it, except uh, Frau Blucher um, decides... <laughs> uh, seals the door, like blocks the door. Yeah. Yeah. No, this has to be done. Blucher. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, so he 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 books a theater engagement, <laughs> in which he displays the creature's capabilities through song and dance oh to the God. Bucharest Academy of Science. Yes, right? yes, it's not just anybody. They've all come dressed <laughs> up. They've not only come dressed up; they brought vegetables. They brought vegetables, like because like Danny DeVito dancing. says in Batman Returns: "Who brings cabbage to a speech?" <laughs> this is my throwing cabbage um one of the most iconic scenes but peter boyle just oh my god oh my god yes it's amazing um this yeah. this is something that mel brooks didn't think was going to work mm. which is funny yeah. this and the walk yeah. this way uh bit were two things that i guess he objected to and then after or watching them in a theater them. Seeing people, you know, in tears, it's like, oh, well, guess I don't know everything, kind of thing. Yeah, it was interesting to see him kind of acknowledge that, mm-hmm. it, because he's. I know there's that that voice that he's doing, but it's it's not that he's deaf; it's that he's learning to speak. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Those were the words, like if you got your dog to say "I love you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, a light explodes, scaring the creature, causing the audience to turn against them. The creature's terrified, and the audience um, captures him and takes him and puts him in a cell. So that was a King Kong kind of vibe, too. Yeah, which was cool. Very much so. Yeah. Um, back at the castle, Frederick and Inga discuss a way to help the creature become smarter. And Inga comes up with a way to help Frederick relax. <laughs> I wonder how. Yeah. Well, that, that's the whole bit. Like, like slippers in a nice book. If only there was some way I could help you take your mind off it. I know. And just, you know, like, sorry you walked into that one. <laughs> if I could just give you some peace. <laughs> yeah, peace. Uh, um, however, shortly afterwards... Frau Blucher enters the laboratory to inform them that Elizabeth, Frederick's fiance, is arriving soon. <laughs> Elizabeth arrives at the castle. I love the bit with her and uh, Igor. Oh, so good. You take the blonde, I'll take the one in the turban. Yeah, he does a He's groucho. doing a groucho marks. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, and it might have happened at the performance, but all the cops line up in the back, like in the Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> they don't do anything, but they're like, all right, I'll check it out. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, the creature is goaded into violence by a cruel guard and escapes his cell. 
Um, then Inspector Kemp organizes a mob of villagers to find and kill the creature. Um, <laughs> Let's go to the old mill anyway. Get some cider. <laughs> yeah. It was like a mob is an ugly thing, but I think it's high time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back at the castle, Frederick worries about the creature while he and Elizabeth reconnect. <laughs> Frederick <laughs> advances. Frederick's advances on her are rebuffed, and Frederick goes to bed alone. Give me a kiss. No tongues. No tongues. Uh, she sings to herself as she readies herself no. for bed. <laughs> she sings the battle hymn of the Republic. Yeah, <laughs> That's so mad. like battling Khan, man. She is glorious. <laughs> It's just a subtle little, like, she's a wasp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The kind of Jewish guy making fun of a wasp. The the no tongues line was improvised. Uh, I'll bet she's so good. um, So the monster hears her singing, enters her bedroom, and kidnaps her. He takes her to a barn where he makes love to her while the mob searches the (laughs) woods. I have an appointment at 1130. <laughs> Where are you going? Just like a man off to brag and boast to your friends down at the bar. Oh, I think I'm in love. <laughs> oh, sweet mystery of life. At last I found you. Yeah, oh, you incorrigible little zipper neck. Seven has always <laughs> been my lucky number. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was on a walk once and you know how sometimes people put garbage that's usable out on the curb there was a bunch of sheet music like a bunch and on top of it was um, Sweet Mystery of Life <laughs> and I was like I found you <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah the creature's lured off by violin and horn playing <laughs> and it, it also points out that she's down to clown just not with Frederick oh 100% yeah yeah. No, he's just not doing it for her. Yeah. No. She, she needs she needs the monster. <laughs> um, she did the mash. This is the first time she saw it's a Schraunstucker? Nah, might be. That she woofed at. I I get the feeling that she saw plenty of Schwanstuckers back in school or you know, just <laughs> just York, not Fredericks. Yeah. <laughs> um she one hundred percent is just, you know, marrying a nice doctor that she's yeah yeah the uh, society type yeah so um yeah he's lured back by the music they perform a procedure on the creature and frederick to give some of Frederick's, a transference yes <laughs> to give some like of, superman in a, <laughs> you take his powers away in a booth yeah this is yeah it's very very dodgy science but um <laughs> they're all wrap it up wrap it up um yeah. So just as they finish the uh, transference, the mob arrives. They're going to lynch Frederick, who's unconscious still from the procedure. However, the creature speaks intelligibly, telling them to. There leave. were like, sorry, there were like five or seven seconds left, um, and they were were very explicit. Like it has to be exactly fifteen minutes, not a second more, not a second less. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So mm-hmm. they were just barely off. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's why it wasn't full. Yeah. Yeah. So he tells the mob that he is intelligent now. Frederick is a good and kind man. The mob is placated and leaves. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, like a Simpsons. Let's go mob. to the old mill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as Americans, isn't that our right? Probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the creature Inga and Igor tend to Frederick. We. We cut to some time later. Frederick and Inga are now married on their wedding night. 
she begins. She looks like Elsa Lancaster. Yeah. From The Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, oh, um, the hairdo. Uh, uh, Madeline Kahn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did I jump ahead? But like she has the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Madeline Kahn has right. the hair. Um, right. But yeah, Inga. Inga and Fred. Oh. Yeah. Um, and she begins humming the violin tune, and then we cut to the creature and Elizabeth, who looks like Bride of Frankenstein. And he's like, I put a basket in there for your poo-poo undies. Yeah, your <laughs> shirts and your socks and poo-poo undies are separate. Yeah. When she came out of the bathroom and kicked her shoes off and was doing her like... And the hiss. Yeah. And the hiss, right? I was like, wow, Julia Louis-Dreyfus took... A lot from Madeline Kahn. For wow. Elaine. You don't realize, but the way yeah. she kicked the shoes off, the way. You know, yeah. I was like, wow. huh. She's kind of clunky. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, a little awkward. Yeah. But still somehow interesting to watch. And, yeah. And attractive. Yeah. Still sexy, but yeah, but funny and but sexy. Goofy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was Madeline Kahn. Yeah. And Julia. Um. Yeah. The creature's more interested in his newspaper than his bride now i assume they're married too they don't say explicitly um in their wedding bed frederick and inga discover what he got from the monster in their procedure and igor <laughs> plays us out by horn on the ledge of the castle roll she credits. makes a german spectacle of herself yeah. <laughs> uh um yeah <laughs> damn good movie oh so good every moment I I wanted to recommend this movie to my eighth graders, but then there's so much sex. There it's is. a Mel Brooks movie. There's yeah. just so much sex in all of them. Yeah, but no nudity. No, no. just no. innuendo. Yeah, TikTok has worse. Mm. I'm sure. <laughs> but there are actually some videos. I when I was trying to find this, I put it on YouTube. But there are a couple of videos of uh, Zoomers watching it and reacting to it. Mm, that's okay. fun. I watched, yeah. I watched a few minutes of one. It Jude, was pretty funny. Jude loved it. I mean, he thought it was hilarious. I, yeah, this younger guy was like, this is this is great. I know I watched it when I was four or five. And yeah. I watched it all my oh, life. Oh, yeah. Yearly for a yeah. while. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a kid and I watched it a bunch of times. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, again, like I mentioned Tom earlier, we both loved Mel Brooks so much that that was a common thing we'd do together. Watch Brooks movies. Yep. Good one. Yeah. Dang yeah. good. Um, Thanks, Al. That was your nom, right? It was. Yeah. That was for Spooktober. Spooktober, which leads us to next week's Spooktober Spectacular. <laughs> um, uh, next week on Haunted Phosphorescence, we will be watching John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. Yeah. Will baby. that be as much of a laugh riot? <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> Yeah, this, <laughs> nobody trusts anybody anymore, and we're all so very tired. We've all got a petri dish filled with blood. <laughs> <laughs> Each of us. <laughs> Gift bag. Uh, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> we'll <be there. laughs> yeah, he's all, he's all aliens. I got diabetes. Yeah, we will. We will all feel very dated by Wilford Brimley's age in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Sure. they're like he's twenty nine. <laughs> it's the right thing to do and the tasty way to do it. <laughs> Quaker. <laughs> he uh, is oatmeal. All right. That is next week. So thank you everybody for hanging out with us on Haunted Phosphorescence. This has been your host, Throw Smiley. And wait, 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 where are you going? I was going to make espresso. <laughs> I'm Josh CC, and I was turning the roast and broughten. 
I'm Brian Lesh. Now throw a kiss and say goodbye. I'm incorrigible little zipper neck, Alaric Weber, saying <laughs> Taffeta, darling. <laughs> Taffeta. Zipper neck. Taffeta, darling. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>